You're listening to Reporters and Reported, a podcast from Cardiff University's School of Journalism, Media and Culture. In each episode brought to you by the MA Broadcast Journalism students, we'll bring you insights and interviews with key people in the news industry. We'll examine the challenges, opportunities and threats facing journalism and get tips about the best way to follow a career in the media. This week, me, Mike. And me, Gareth. We'll be talking to Nick Newman from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. Awesome. Welcome, Nick. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, before we get into the serious stuff, then, tell us a little bit about how you got to this point in your career. Oh, that's a big question. Uh, so I started my career in radio, audio. I loved, I loved audio, so BBC for 15 years, working mainly in international radio. Then I um, was one of the founding members of the BBC News website in 1997. I've always been interested in technology and journalism and how they mix. Uh, I did five years running the international news there, and then I did product development and sort of moved over to sort of technically thinking about new experiences and how all that was going to change. Uh, And then I left the BBC about 10 years ago, and I've been working in research, thinking about... um, strategy, thinking about audiences, uh, thinking about how journalism is changing at the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. Which is why you're joining us here today. So let's just quickly start with today. What's happening right now and what trends are we seeing a lot with media consumption? I think the there's lots happening. <laughs> there's, there's lots happening with media. I, I suppose the, the first thing is that uh, media is at a crossroads, I think, in terms of, you know, we've been through this very difficult phase of sort of fake news, low trust, clickbait, and uh, real problems in terms of sustainability of journalism. And we're at this sort of tipping point, and people are kind of rethinking what kind of journalism is going to be relevant. So that's partly about, you know, some people are going for higher quality journalism. Uh, Some people are going for different kinds of business models where you have to pay for journalism rather than be ad supported. Uh, Other people are thinking about new types of aggregation. Other people are thinking about audio and uh, you know not just being about text articles so i think we're at an absolutely fascinating time with lots happening you mentioned there about trust in traditional media um, and how it's on the decrease audience are becoming more fatigued with the, the constant 24-hour news cycle how can digital journalism then combat this i think digital journalism like any other journalism can um, change its priorities so you know the priorities of constantly updating you and bombarding you with messages was partly to get your attention so you can sell so they can sell ads so if that's no longer the model then it's about providing something that's valuable to you then that can be done digitally and people can read things for longer or they can luxuriate in a podcast or or whatever it is and i i, I th- you know that I don't think that's what all journalism is going to be about, but I think that's 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 the, the kind of shift that we're starting to see. So do you think then we'll have a far more diverse media we can interact with and pick and choose then what we want in terms of quality, as opposed to just being bombarded by it and people not knowing where to go for what news they want? Yeah, I think I think things are just kind of settling down. So with digital, everyone was basically, we got into this situation where everyone was just duplicating what everyone else was doing. So you just had this huge amount of duplicated content. And I think the future will be you'll have, you know, organisations like the BBC that will continue to do up-to-date news and people will go there for that. So if some, some big thing happens, but then increasingly there'll be really deep and diverse different kinds of voices in different channels so there's less duplication there's better use of journalistic resources and people are picking and choosing what they want and and ultimately that's what the digital revolution has given us is that ability to choose 
um, and not be confined, you know, to, to one one brand. And so I think we're just going to get to a more sensible way of, of, of managing that. Okay, so as you mentioned there, you talked about podcasts and we talk about um, slow news as well in your in your talk today. I'm just wondering really, like, how do you think they're going to affect people long term and how they're going to force other media brands to change and how they themselves are changing the face of media? Yeah, I mean, podcasts is kind of really a bit a bit weird that it's, it's suddenly exploded because podcasts have been around for 15 years. I actually uh, helped launch the BBC's first podcast service, which was something like 15 years ago. Uh, and it's kind of plateaued for a while. And it's taken off partly because of new technology and better headphones and... Um, and the smartphone fundamentally because of the smartphone and the headphones com- combined. Um, and it's just unlocking the power of this amazing medium. Audio is just amazing. You can do so many things uh, while you're listening. Uh, you can access it anywhere. So it's taking audio that was kind of confined to the home and to these fixed radio sets and taking it to all these new locations. And I think the other thing that it's doing is just opening up all the possibilities of uh, specialist content, diverse content, uh, you know, the choice of fantastic quality content is, is amazing. And then you're also getting monetization coming into podcasts now. So certainly for the popular ones, now advertisers starting to chase chase those and pay money. And that in turn will increase quality and will increase choice. I've listened to at least five news podcasts this week yeah. and I've not paid for any of them. And you obviously you say there that ads are starting to come into them. But it seems like there's been this explosion of the amount of podcasts. Almost every UK newspaper or news outlet now has a podcast or is creating podcasts. Um, do you think the fact that we're not currently paying for them um, is a problem? And if so, how do they become a sustainable source of news? Yeah, so the monetization at the moment is basically advertising and sponsorship and um, I think that will continue largely. So I think advertising will continue to be the most important one. And that's partly because actually this is not a new thing. Advertising works quite well around audio. If you don't have too much ad, ad density, it's actually reasonably well accepted by audiences. Uh, if you have, say, I think a lot of the Daily News podcasts maybe have a couple of ads in them, in the, in the, in the whole sort of 25 minutes, you might have, you know, two one-minute ads or something like that. So that's... I think that's a sustainable model. But I think what we will see is more paid content as well. So you're seeing Spotify, for example, with its originals. You're seeing Stitcher Premium in the States. So you're seeing more premium content. You're also having a whole load of new apps that are trying to basically buy exclusive content. So I think at the high end, uh, it's possible that we'll get sort of Netflix-style podcast apps in the future. Um, but the quality and value has to be sufficiently strong for that to happen. And I don't think it's going to happen around news because news traditionally is much more commoditized. So I think the, the ad model probably remain. Oh, and the, the other thing is people are selling tickets for podcasts as well. So, so there, there, are, there are actually going to be a whole diverse range of podcast uh, income streams beyond advertising in the future. More broadly then, and this is quite a broad question, how are monetization um, techniques with, with the media in general going to go from here into the future? Yeah, so we, we've basically been digital advertising that's not really worked. It's not bringing in enough revenue, so it's bringing in some revenue. And I think the main message is diversification. So we've got most companies are looking at some kind of reader revenue, whether that's subscription or donation to supplement the advertising. Uh, they're also looking at e-commerce or affiliate sales or maybe starting other diverse businesses which can help subsidize the journalism uh, there's events and then in the future things like micropayments so these very small payments um, uh, frictionless payments as you go around 
the internet, maybe with a digital wallet, it's a little bit like when you're uh, traveling around with Oyster cards. So some of these things, I think, will be part of the way in which journalism is funded over the next few years. So um, linking back to how news organizations are going to have to diversify and how they're going to have to compete, but also do you think there's any way that they'll work together and there'll be sort of collaborations between news organizations? Yeah, I think I think we're already seeing that because, you know, for many publishers, the real competition, certainly in terms of time, is not necessarily other publishers. It's these big platforms, you know, Netflix, Google, <laughs> Spotify, you know, the, these are these uh, in, in terms of access points and time, publishers have to do a much better job and consumers broadly want to access a lot of different content really quickly in a frictionless way, which is why they like the platforms. So uh, they don't want to go to each individual website. So that's why we're seeing aggregators like Apple News do really well. Uh, you just swipe left and all of these publishers are there for you. Now that's currently free and supported. They've introduced a, a model which is paid. Um, but, you know, there is a possibility publishers could get together and actually have a joint payment scheme. Uh, they're getting together and try and sell ads together. That's something they're already doing. So I think publisher cooperation, I think you're right, is going to be uh, definitely a watchword. And if if that doesn't happen, there'll just be a lot of consolidation. They'll buy each other because they need that scale to compete with the platforms. We're in an election currently. A lot's been said about sort of online news. Um, and online, the online sphere of political communication. How do you think online media regulation will change going forward? Oh, the regulation question. Um, I think, um, I mean, it, it's just a bit crazy, isn't it, that um, you have a regulator for print, a different regulation for broadcast, and then no regulation for online, and yet often it's the same brands uh, displaying their wares. It, it makes absolutely no sense at all. And... Um, and some of this makes particularly no sense. I mean, if you just take political advertising, uh, you know, the differences between print, online and television uh, make no sense. And you need to have that, in my view, unified. And I think you should start with those really obvious things. And political advertising around elections seems to be one where we clearly need uh, change. Some of the other areas are, are less, less obvious about how you harmonize these things. Um, but I think some consistency and some transparency is essential. Um, our last question, and sorry, is it's quite a big one. Um, what do you think the future for journalism is, especially digital journalism? And what advice would you give to young journalists who are about to embark on a career in the industry? Right, that is a big question. Okay, so I, th I think I think the future uh, the future is up to us. So you know, and, and is obviously driven by um, what we do. It's driven by the the economics of the whole thing as well. But I think, you know, in my hopeful state, I I think of the future as being something that is of higher quality, where we can properly distinguish journalism again from information that is published on the internet. And I think that's basically what's gone wrong is these things have got mixed up. So that means um, really well-sourced, well-branded content that people trust and when people come across that in whatever environment digitally, that they can tell the difference between that and something that somebody's put up which hasn't been sourced or somebody's trying to influence an agenda. How you get there, I think, is going to be tricky, but I am confident that we will get there over the next five to ten years, uh, and it requires people to reinvest in some of the basics of journalism, I think. Nick Newman, thank you very much, and have a lovely Christmas. Thank you. Happy Christmas to everyone else.